0: I'm going to read some of the questions that we've posed and then we'll try to answer them and see if we've learned anything about how to answer questions. Here's the question. What are the purpose of mosquitoes? <laughs> <laughs> and other annoying stuff. <laughs> so interesting how huh? just mosquitoes, that bother you. But... What? Right. Mosquitoes have no purpose. Right. So... Mosquitoes are... machnis. Machnis veine They're parasites. They, they just take it. They don't actually give anything back. Of course, this is a question that was asked in the Gemara itself. And this is when uh, Titus had the mosquito enter into his nose. And that mosquito actually killed Titus in the end. If you look at the whole story there. And David Amal had a similar question about a, uh, a wasp, and what the purpose of a wasp is, until the wasp was the one that saved him. Spider. Look at that story. Hmm? Spider. Yep. But, let's really expand the question. And it's not about, thank you, not so much about mosquitoes, but let's talk in general about why did Hashem make all these things in the world? And like, Sometimes you look at this thing up and you go, you find that in the Himalaya Mountains there's like some little um, creature over there that hangs out and that like it's only in the Himalayas and it's, it, it's it like it's a little worm and it does some amazing stuff. you ever seen that kind of thing? It's like unbelievable to, to notice it. And it's actually quite incredible when as human beings we discover the vastness of the universe and this Creator of Hashem and like you sit there wondering, God, what, what are you thinking? Like, what's the point of that little guy that nobody knows, that nobody ever had, an, had an, any... Like, he doesn't affect me, and obviously the whole purpose is for the people of Israel, so what's the point of him? You know what the answer to that question is? I have no idea. The answer is, I don't know. Why did Hashem make all that stuff? No idea. But, what we do know is, that Whatever Hashem does, does in this world, whatever Hashem made, is for His covert, for His prestige and glory. And here's what's unbelievable about it. When you discover that there's just these things out there, that just are amazing things, it makes us feel that there's an Abishta and he's, He is. He's not there for us. He just is and then you discover there's so much of him and what that allows us to do is to it allows us to feel comfortable in his presence he's like he's god he's all powerful he's almighty he does things that are absolutely incredible and he allows us to, to a glimpse into those things sometimes when we discover the vastness of what he is in nature how much more so when it's all the above nature things like these worlds, and Malachim, and all the angels out there, and the worlds of Atsilas, B'ritzi'a, and you learn even higher than that, and there's so much more going on, you wonder, what's the point? What are you doing, Hashem? How about when you look at your own human body, and you discover there's so much going on, and if one tiny little thing goes wrong, well, if you know about it, it's not good. Because when you don't know what's going on in your body, that's good, that's healthy. The day you, God forbid, discover something's gone wrong, that's not good. Then you don't feel good. What we're discovering is that we give ourselves over to Hashem. And that's important for us as humans to recognize that Hashem is really running everything, really in control, and He's really, really on top of it all. Because that's what allows us to be confident in His power. It's like you're in the power of the Almighty. So let's look at some of the other questions. You'll see the point out the same person is asking the, the, these questions. Explain why do children die young? Harsh questions here. What is the reason for not letting them finish life? Doesn't it affect the people they knew in a bad way? If I knew the answer to this question, I'm stumped. Don't know why children die young. If I were creating the world, I wouldn't do that. But rest assured. That nobody dies before the moment they're supposed to die. I was once, years ago, it was a very, you know, um, hot time, as they call it. Ziran Mechum they say in Jerusalem, when the Arabs are like rioting. It's a bunch of years ago. I think it's happening now also. And so I was at the Kaisal. And um, my wife and I were there, and we we're looking for a taxi. You ever notice that it's difficult sometimes to tell who's an Arab and who's not? You have to be like a little bit, you know, in the know. And they open up their mouths, usually you can tell if you wait for like a minute or whatever. So anyway, I was trying to get a taxi. And um, I'm looking at the driver to see, what are you? (laughs) So anyway, I see this driver and um, I'm talking to him a little bit and whatever. And he's Arab. So I'm like, sorry, I'm not getting in. So he says, is that because I'm an Arab? I said, yes. Correct. So um, yeah, after a few taxis, we realized they were all Arab. So we decided, you know what, forget it. So went down the down the bottom and up the to the bus stop on the bottom over there. We get into the bus. Okay, a bus is going to be a little little better maybe. Get into the bus, and we're sitting at the front of the bus. And I'm sitting here, and my wife is sitting there next to her. Is an eight year old boy, a Uyghur boy, and. You're a the bus drivers, you know, the bus drivers driving, or whatever, and my wife tells him, Aren't you, like, who's taking you? He's like, am going by myself. <laughs> but aren't you eight? Like, he says, So what? What's the problem? So, like, I'm big. I can go. I went to the Kaiser. I'm going back home with the bus now. Wow. That's so amazing. So my wife said, But aren't you scared? Like, there's Arabs doing it, whatever, and whatever. Kind of, and she tells him, you know, we didn't want to take the, the taxi. Because he's Arab. she so says, oh, that's ridiculous. The bus driver? He's an Arab. <laughs> really? Seriously, we couldn't get away from that. So he says to my wife, who's sitting next to but, he says, "Give her it." You don't understand. There is nothing what to worry about, because every bullet has an address. If the time comes when you're supposed to go, you go." And if it doesn't come, you have nothing what to worry about. Like, wow! They say that the, the <laughs> in you know, the little kids in Yerushalayim, teach you a thing or two. Yeah, teach you a thing or two. You can't die before you're supposed to die. So, when you're afraid and worried, Hashem doesn't take anyone before they're meant to go. And whatever amount of time Hashem allotted to a person, no idea why, and no idea why everyone else around them has to suffer. We're not learning here the why of life. We're not going to answer the question of why do bad things happen to good people. Not until Mashiach comes. And then Esruach Aram in arts, and then we'll discover. What we're learning is the what. How should good people react when bad things happen? And when good people internalize Hashem, so instead of running away from Hashem, realize that the power of Hashem is going to be more beneficial to you, that's what it is. And so that's the thing about how does that affect the people around them, yeah, the people around them are affected in a very difficult way. When that happens to a person, it makes it very, very harsh, and no one should ever have this challenge and this nisoyen. That's why we daven always, every morning, and we say, Al tevienu lide nisoyen. Oh God Almighty, please, I'm good where I am. I can handle my current challenges. Please don't give me any more new ones. But the challenges that anyone has are challenges that you could overcome, and you have the power to overcome. Is it more difficult? Much more difficult. What we're doing now is learning how to overcome challenges, hopefully they're little, not always, they might be big, but it's the same principle. And what you want to do is get resilient and get yourself into the mode of overcoming challenges. And as you do that, you discover challenges go away. You get good at it, you get strong and mighty. And that's what we're learning, how to internalize God into our lives so we can overcome anything and then the bad things don't actually happen. You had a question? Yeah, my question was when good people Okay, how do you deal with hardship? And what are you supposed to do if you're irrationally sad? Okay, let's pose for those two. Yes, and what if you're afraid? No, we'll leave it one out. hold on. So how do you deal with hardship, and what are you supposed to do if you're irrationally sad? I'll tell you what. Not, how not to answer this person. Let's talk about answering this question. What I would, how would you answer if someone told you this? If someone said to you, if a young girl, you're a counselor in camp, and a young girl says, what should I do if I'm irrationally sad? Or, how do I deal with hardship? What would you say? Right, so what would you answer to both? Uh, The first one, maybe you get evaluated to see if you are clinically depressed. (laughs) Yeah. And the second, you learn to process. (laughs) Which was the second, the Hardship? Why is irrationally sad need um, intervention and hardship does not? Irrationally sad. Oh, the word irrationally. It's, sad and you're just, it's beyond your control. If you can't the Great. You could ra- you could now let me rationally. ask you a dumb question. What if you are the therapist? Now they're coming to you and you're the evaluation, right? Now you're the professional evaluator. So now let's do that. Because it's a nice thing to say, go for professional evaluation. What do professional evaluators do? First of all, the, Right. So let's try. you to figure out what's like, on Okay. So I want to just share with you, based on what we've learned, again, this is all Hazara now, going back to the question. Never tell someone that they shouldn't be irrationally sad. You know why? Because they're irrationally sad. So what are you saying? Don't. Come on! You have everything going for you. Life is so good. You have a great family. You, you can get a good Shidduch. You can get married. You can be, it's amazing what you can do. Why are you rationally sad? Come on, doesn't make sense. <laughs> right. We're not here to change, to change intellectual ideas. We're here to change beliefs. We want to be able to change our Midas, our emotions. And the way to change emotions is by getting into the world of emotions. You will never, ever, ever be able to change someone unless you go down into the trenches with them in the emotion until the second they don't realize that you actually feel what they're going through. Forget about it. How do you make sure not to get stuck? Very simple. You do what's called empathy and not sympathy. What's the difference between the two? If you're irrationally sad. If someone else is, okay, this person is irrationally sad. If I'm going to go down and listen to why she's irrationally sad, very likely I'll also become irrationally sad. Because it's very likely what she's going through is very, very, very difficult. A lot of hardships, a lot of difficulties, a lot of challenging stuff going on. If I'm going to hear all the stuff she's going on, I could very quickly get that feeling to be mine. And then I can never help them. In order to help someone... In order to be a mashpia, what you need to do to be a mashpia is first of all, yeah. what? You call it? Be what? Be a, you know. like taking what they're saying. Absorb the person's feelings exactly, but absorb in a way that you stay in your emuna. Now, this was what we learned—the first pasuk, right? Torah The Torah is meant for us, Lonu. So long as you didn't get the Lanu, there's no Torah being learned. Torah is Lanu. What does it mean, Lanu? Where are you in life? What's going on in your life? You're rationally sad. Not why you're rationally sad. Wow, that is so difficult. And you have to be able to repeat to the person what they're feeling until the point that they get to the realization that you feel their feeling. But doesn't. You wanna you wanna show them it sounds like what you're saying is here in this case, right? It sounds like you're going through a very hard time. And no matter I what, yes that's why I'm coming to you time. I'm well aware. Let me give you a secret, right? You could tell the other person to actually do this to you. You could what you have you ever had this case whereby you've got a problem and you go to a friend. And you say, could you just listen to me? Just listen and repeat what I'm saying and mirror what I'm saying and don't give me any advice. Just feel with me. They're like, you're telling me what to do? (laughs) Like you're actually, yes, I need someone to just listen to me. Haven't you ever had that? And then after they listen to you, you're wondering what was the problem in the first place? (laughs) So it's not, what it is, is that when a person has a worry in their heart, you want to talk it out. And then it's yesichena, which is, you get rid of it. Because yesichenah has a dual meaning. It means talk about it, and it means to m- remove it from you. So when you talk about it, and when you feel it, it's amazing how Hashem relates it, right? Two right. godly souls, right. daiga, beleivish, yesichenah. Daaga, awari, beleiv ish in the heart of a person, yesichenah. Yesichena means to talk about it, and to, to, to detach from it. What? Could we write on the board? Yes. Um, so what it means is, that... What you want is, right? What you want is someone to feel your feelings, because here it is: Da'aga V'lev ish, yesi chena. And that word yesi chena means to talk about it, and it means to lasiach das to remove it from you. Okay. So the key in being a mashpia, and everyone here. Whether you like it or not, you're a mashpia in one way or another. So when you want to be a mashpia on someone else, what you want to do is try this out. Change beliefs. Never tell the person what to do. When they tell you how they're feeling, say the solution to your problem is you've already become part of the problem. Don't solve the other person's problems. Feel their problems. Feel it. Just allow the other person the space to feel loved and cared for and to feel like you get what they're saying that's called active listening so now if you want to be a professional therapist that's the first thing you want to learn how to do active listening by the way disclaimer I've never learned any therapy so I don't know how to be a therapist but this works so try it out when you listen to the other person you just get into the trenches with them and you feel what they're feeling but you don't you don't absorb the feeling. So, te-ra the tera has to be lanu, but you have to be a Moshe. What's a moisha? You represent Moshe Rabbeinu. And you're coming to the person and helping them out. Right? So when they say, I have, I'm irrationally sad, you listen. And there's a lot more behind that question. But what is Moshe in a situation? Moshe is a person who's attached to Hashem and attached to God. Right? You don't want to talk to someone who's also irrationally sad. You know what happens if you do? That's why That's what social media is It's two people who are irrational in sugar, In the same area It's um, You know For lack of wanting to be politically correct It's two people who share a problem And get together And sympathize with each other Oh you think you're a boy? I also think I'm a boy <laughs> And now we can get together And now it's not funny actually because now what happens is, we both think that it's normal to be that. Now you've exacerbated the issue. Right? So, I'm saying the reason why I'm not going to laugh about it is because it's not funny. Because a lot of people actually have that problem. But, instead of solving the problem, what you're going is going into the issue and having someone else who has the same issue and then you can never get out of the issue. So you're not able to ever help yourself. The way to help yourself is if you actually could talk to someone and say, "Hey." Don't judge me. I'm a girl in a boy's body. I feel like I'm a boy. And then you want to get into the feelings and understand and appreciate fully what the person's going through. But you don't step into the same mud that the other person is in. And that's why you're able to help them. You stay as a Moishe. That's how you help people. That's the first art of being a coach. A yes? We, like When it comes to awareness like, and stuff, how does that fit in? Because like, a lot of people are running into... Like, um like let's say mental health awareness or whatever, like you're gonna you're ending up like kind of like um making them feel like it's okay in a way that then like they feel let's say it's normal to depress or depressing that's fine. And like even before not depressed, what's what I say is it's a You're saying that that when if I'm gonna agree with your feeling, then basically I'm accepting your feeling. Not yes? in a, not in therapy, like not in like a third sense like, in a school or whatever, when they talk to a professional but then it becomes, like, that people that people like, can be like, oh, like, like, they get these ideas into their heads the same way you were saying, like, if someone... Uh, one second, I, I think if I'm understanding correctly, that's the whole point of social media what social media does, is it takes one issue, and then you, there's always going to be someone else who has it if you can just latch on to all those people, now you become a movement Right? That's what's happening. So there's all these movements. That's why, right, it's Achshur Dori Bitmiya. Know what that means? That means that when the generation goes lower, it's never going lower. Another principle in the Chassidus, right? That when it goes lower, what's really happening? It's going up. Why is it going up? Because the message is so powerful that it can even reach the bottom. So the lower you are, the higher the message needs to come from. If you have people who actually feel a certain feeling, right? that means that we have the power to answer them too. But the way to answer them is not by ignoring what they feel, it's by accepting. Say, okay, I understand, I feel, you're saying you feel XYZ. The person says, not really, you didn't really understand me. Okay, take two, what do you feel? So now you're saying that. Work with it until you get to the point they say, yes, exactly. This is how I'm feeling. So and then you can offer them another perspective. You can never offer another perspective until you get what they're getting. It doesn't mean you get it in the terms of sympathy. I'm not feeling it. I'm just getting for you what you're getting. Make sense? Um, I mean, I was what? You what? Okay, ask me after. Maybe I misunderstood. Yeah? Oh, it's, yeah, it's very challenging to be, uh, have to be a person who listens to people's sorrows and you really have the problem. It's, uh, it's very, very difficult and you have to be in a good space yourself of realizing all the time how everything comes from Hashem. You have to work, there's a lot of Hasidic work that goes into being alive and being a mashpia and being able to help others. And part of it is realizing Hashem is always good and you have to strengthen that, strengthen your core. You can only help others if you have a strong core, if you're strong yourself, which means if you have a strong emuna in, your, in yourself and you have to work on that. It's not easy. Mm-hmm. You can only listen if you're able to empathize, not sympathize, and then you're not taking the other person's problem into you. Because if you do, you become part of the problem. You become You can join their movement. So, yeah. So here's the answer, right? Why did God create all the mosquitoes? Somebody asked, one of the questions at some point was, why do I have to learn about some obscure Hasidus, about atzilus and about something, all that you know kind of stuff. Why do I have to learn it? The same question is, why did God create these creatures which are unnecessary, right? The answer is, when you, not the answer, what you would do for, with this is when you learn about Hashem, and the more you internalize, the more real Hashem gets to you, the more by looking at all these things out there, by understanding who God is, so you get into his turf, not into your turf, the more you get into that, the more of a relationship you have with Hashem. The more relationship you have with Hashem, the more the stronger your core is, the more you're able to help others. Because you realize the world is just a deer taqhtinim. Hence, who was able to who knew people's problems more than the Rebbe? What? <laughs> the Rebbe knew people's problems, right? Very well. And look, still so strong. Right? Okay. Yes. When you work with teenagers, a lot of times it's not just on social media, it's also in real life that girls like kind of rub off with other girls who are going through the same struggles as them. And instead of helping each other, it just turns into a much bigger hole. So, how do you. Remember? So, I'm saying to you that once upon a time, the way we answered questions, when I grew up, the way you answered questions was don't you dare ask that. That's how you answer the questions. And I was like, "We dare you dare question my authority? What happens nowadays?" Like, the right. authority is suggested. If you want, you can just do it. Correct. And therefore, it has to become real authority. You can't lead. The way to lead nowadays is not by telling people what to do. It's by being a leader. How do you become a leader? Here's what happens. Right. When you work on yourself, on your own hardships, it's a self work so when you work on your own inner emotions and you like this is a full-time job when you work on your own inner self and you are constantly in a space of feeling your feeling identifying your feeling and constantly going back to a space with hashem hashem is present with me in this struggle in this hardship as you do that you become a person you become a light when hashem created the world on day one of creation what did he create light And what is that light? It's not a physical light that was created day four. So where is the physical light? That light is a spiritual light. It's inside you. It's in you. It's the light of Amich Kulam Tzadikim. And you know when you ever seen a person who's in a light? Mm -hmm. You ever see a person who's actually in control and in touch with their own feelings? They know what they feel, feel overwhelmed. Hashem is still here. Right, and you constantly do that work that's the avoid of transformation it causes you to beam you suddenly see a person and there's a light inside them it's an incredible um, reality okay just going through some more questions here what if I want to have a more breathable life and not always push myself to the max spiritually it sounds like this person is having a difficult time in life see I'm going to first repeat the question to see if I understood it Now, no one's here answering the actual thing, but this was the question. It sounds like this person is having a very difficult life, and they don't want to have a difficult life, and they want to, um, and they want things to be easy. And you're wondering if there's Hashem, and He actually cares about me, why is He making life so difficult? Why does God do bad things to good people? It's horrible. And I just want to have a more breathable life, and I don't want to do more work. Right? What's the answer to the question? The answer is, there's, it sounds like you're feeling, what's the person feeling? Hmm? Overwhelmed. overwhelmed. Yeah, overwhelmed and stuck. Well, Hashem, right? We offer another perspective. Hashem is still with you. What if you want to have a more breathable life? Uh, so, what are you planning to do about that? Well, I don't want to push myself. Okay, don't push yourself. Let's say, for example, what are you going to do? Well, I don't want to get married. Because if I'm married, I have kids. And then all my problems are going to go to my kids. And it's just going to be a perpetual cycle. I'd rather stay single. Well, good luck with that. Because you know what's going to happen if you stay single? So you'll, have, you'll be in fun and games for a little while. And then afterwards the problems will come. And now there'll be another problem. Why don't I have a family? Right? Because like, whichever way you go, there's nothing more what to do. So what if you decide, you know what, I'm done. Let's just go jump. Well, good luck with that that's also not easy because jumping well first of all the decision to jump is you know pretty intense and then you know what happens afterwards maybe it gets worse what then? so it's called in the Mishnah you were created against your will and you live against your will it's not easy no one's saying it's easy are you looking for easy sorry I don't know why Hashem I don't know why Hashem made you, I don't know why He made difficulties, but I do know that when you realize that Hashem is with you in those difficulties and He loves you and He cares for you, and He's mamish, like absolutely, He's not telling you it's going to be good. He's just telling you, I'm with you, and I'm here in this problem with you. You know what happens then? The hardships go away, they disappear, because you're feeling overwhelmed, that's why it's a hardship. The second you stop feeling overwhelmed, it goes away, yes. How do you counsel a friend who's going through a real, tangible struggle that they're not in control of? You don't counsel anyone.
1: How do you, you be there? You can't counsel anyone. How do you anyone? be
0: a good friend? And the way to be a good friend—your job. Very good. The way, way to be a good friend is by first of all, the more you work on yourself and the stronger you become in your own sense of the woman and bittachin and Hashem, and the more of a beacon of light you become. How? By overcoming your own challenges and your own difficulties and working your emotions into them. The more you do that, what happens to you? You become a beacon of strength. And then when they say their, their issues, you mirror their challenges. You just mirror them back to them. When you get good at this, by the way, it becomes it's a phenomenal thing. Because the person talks to you and you stop to respond. You don't just respond. Because you realize it's not... There's a sacred moment, there's a sacred space. When someone says to you, I'm having a hard time, it's a sacred moment. You want to, like, ruin the sanctity of the moment? Say, oh, what's the problem? That's like, I don't have that problem. Right, you have other problems. But accept, right, the whole story with the al-Rebbe. What's the story? The story is that the al-Rebbe was once receiving people for for, for a private audience, for Yechidus. And in the middle he stops the Yechidus. And people think it's like an hour and two hours, and it's like a long time, and there's a long line waiting, and everyone's wondering, remember the story? Why is he stopping this Yechidus? What's going on? So they start thinking maybe there's some decree. And after a while, the Mithra opened opens the door, and he continues the Yechidus, and accepts the guy who was there back, and it's all good. And then when he was asked later on what happened there, he said, the guy came in, and I couldn't relate. Whenever someone comes in, I need to relate to them. Because, as the other story goes, a Chassid... Remember the two Chassidim, the, the, the Rebbe Rashab and the Raza were playing Chassid and Rebbe. And the Razza says, the Rebbe Rashab walks in, as a little kid, and he asks his brother a question, and the Raza says, I'll give you an answer. And he says, "Ah, eh, I'm not playing with you. You don't know how to play. You don't know how to be a Rebbe. Why? Because you didn't? Sigh. If you don't sigh, bis nishkin Rebbe. What does it mean to sigh? It doesn't mean to go, Ah. It means to sigh. It means to actually feel. it. So the mitzvah Rebbe says, until I didn't relate to your question, means I feel, not sympathy. I don't have the same problem you have, but I'm a Rebbe, I'm a Moshe, and I got a feeling. I got to feel what you feel. If you feel the other person, you get into that space. You're in the sacred moment with them, and then you can actually help them. Yes previous question. I don't think that wrote speaking of Amelia. Okay, really, you don't I think what? I well, I just think Which that, feelings? So which question were we talking um, about? Why should I why should I keep pushing myself to get better spiritually? Something like that, I don't know, yeah. Actually. Um j- if you're just comfortable where you are and you're happy then why should you push yourself? It's not it's not a negative argument feeling wellness. Oh, oh, you're saying just be apathetic? Like, okay. I mean, no, you, you, you're frowned and you just, why should I keep pushing myself when it's not comfortable. It, 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 Dare I say that if that question gets into an actual, real space, that this person probably has something that they don't want to deal with? What does it mean, keep pushing yourself spiritually? What does it mean? Hard work. Hard work. I want to just stay, I don't want to learn, I don't want to in. I just want to be myself. Right? Keep pushing yourself spiritually means If you have negative forces in your life, you need to keep pushing yourself spiritually. We call negative forces Mitzrayim. And we say, Mitzrayim, you have to get out of Mitzrayim every single day. Why do you have to keep pushing yourself spiritually? Because, well, if there's nothing bringing you down, you don't need to keep pushing yourself spiritually. Within your Hmm? your itself. Right. But how do you have nothing pushing you down? Right. Meaning, if you don't want to keep yourself pushing yourself spiritually, it's maybe because you don't realize how the spiritual things you are doing are helping you grow and overcome the problems that you have. So, what you want to do is identify what issues you actually have. What? Let me rephrase the question. When the person says, "I don't push myself spiritually," okay, no problem. What do you want to do? Can you be the person and play it out? Okay. So, let's say you have this question. So, you don't want to keep pushing yourself spiritually. Okay, it sounds like you want to stay stagnant, right? Say what? It sounds like you want to just stay stagnant where you are. Okay. Yeah? Okay, so what do you want to do? What I'm doing right now is working just fine. Which means like to relax, yeah? No, I'm still from... Yeah. I'm not relaxing. I'm happy in what I'm doing, I'm happy not pushing I'm myself. How much, how much, yeah. Great. Can I ask you a question? Again, assuming this is you, play the role. Is there ever anything you do (coughs) want to work on? In life or in spiritual life? Anything. Yeah. What? Get creative. I think you'll make me a better person. Right? Like what? You see what I'm going to do? If you don't want to play the role fully, I'm going to ask you, what do you want? So you say, I want to be rich. Yeah? Would that be something you want to say? Maybe. I want to be rich. Great. How do you think you're going to become rich? Rich. By working a lot. No, it's not. I'm going to show you how the way to become rich, right? The way to become rich is actually by growing yourself spiritually. Right? Which means like this. I got a call last night from a young lady. She is um, she's in 12th grade in a Beis Yaakov, and she's very, very um, nervous and, and upset and devastated, because she wasn't accepted into the seminary of her choice, or the second seminary of her choice. So now she's stuck. and it is devastating. Now. When I listen to that question, my initial reaction is, oh come on, get over it, it's just a year of seminary and who cares, just go different seminary, go whatever, what's the difference? right? You know why I'm going to say that? Because it's not my problem, that's why. Because in my world, seminary is not the issue, that's why. In your world, when you're a year or two after that problem, it's also not an issue anymore, you also don't understand it. right? But go back to 12th grade, and to that moment, and you'll see, it's a big issue, right? So, in order for me to help them, to help her, what do I want to say? I want to get back into the things. So I said, "Okay, so I identified her feeling. Like, what are you feeling? Devastated, nervous about life. Who's going to marry me? I'll go to that seminary. I'm going to marry that type of person because I'm going to become that. That's real. That's very real. It doesn't make a difference if it's actually real." To her, in her world, it's absolutely real. So I mirror what she says. Now I want to help her. How do I help her? I said, what, what would you like me to do for you? I don't know, can you call up the head of the seminary over there and tell them that I'm actually an incredible student, etc. well, that might work, maybe. Want to hear another perspective? And now I can offer my perspective. And what's my perspective? A godly perspective I'm trying to offer her. And that is that the Altar Abba says this is an amazing thing. doesn't sound like like it actually works, but try it out. He says that the bitter work in Mitzrayim you have to have bitter work. You just can choose where to have the bitter work. Either you can have the bitter work in the actual mortar and bricks out there or you can have the bitter work inside the Torah, in the frame of your relationship with Hashem. And so Hard work it's going to be. Let's try to do something else. Instead of trying to get into the seminary, let me try get myself to be happy wherever I am, whatever space. Because we have a principle that's called... It doesn't say, sein gut, therefore tracht gut. It's the opposite. Tracht gut, therefore sein gut. First you've got to feel the goodness, and then it, it happens. Not first it happens and therefore you feel it. So what you want is to get yourself into a space of well, what do you want to feel when you get into the seminary? When you get in, how will you feel? Accomplished. Secure. Great. So let's start feeling that now. Do you ever feel secure and accomplished with Hashem? The more you feel that now, the more you'll feel that as you go along. And she's like, so you mean to say that the problem is I have to work on my emotions and not on getting into the seminary? I'm like, yes, exactly. Because trust good. That's not so ridiculous. What should I do? I so said, listen, I'm not telling you not to do things. Do things. But when you do things and you're in a bad, depressed state, those things have a dark like texture to them. They don't work. When someone does things and they're in an excited mood and they're feeling a light, they draw light to them and then the things they do are light because people are drawn towards light. When you're down, then that's what the energy that comes out is. When you're feeling in an... Up mood, what happens around you? Exciting things happen around you, draw excitement to you, lure it in towards you. So the answer to the question right, is that, oh, you don't want to grow spiritually? No problem, I get it, you want to stay relaxed, but what do you want? All human beings want something. Show them how by being in a happy space themselves, they can get what they want. You don't need to grow in Yiddishkeit. Got some news for you. Grow in whatever you want to grow. What do you want to grow in? Yiddishkeit has an amazing thing that it says. It says to you, I don't need you to grow in Yiddishkeit. I need you to just want whatever you want. You'll discover that Yiddishkeit gives you what you want, right? That's called Torah Lonu. It's not telling you, you better do Torah Mitzvah so that you get or Mashiach so that you can be a good person it's saying to you something very different what do you want? just tell me what you want what do you want? I'll show you how to get there if you're achieving what you want without tira-mitry. impossible that's the one if you tell me what you want I'll tell you how Tiramis will get you there Hashem I'll tell you why it's impossible Hashem oh, anyway. What? Of course, that's the only way there. Hashem created the world, right? So Hashem's creating the world every single second. If you believe that, you realize everything's from Hashem. So if you say, I want a million dollars, oh, I want a billion, a million's nothing, I want a billion dollars, right? Do you want the billion dollars? Because a billion dollars you can get without Terra You know what you can't get? What do you want the billion dollars for? Ask anyone if they want a billion dollars, go deep and see why do they want it. Because they want to, what would you say? Feel happy. You want to feel happiness and accomplish and success and all that. Those emotions are what you want. Those emotions are God-related. Otherwise you become an addict. And it seems like you disagree with me in everything. <laughs> yes? There are some things that we want that we cannot get with parents. Well, in, let's not ask theory. Why don't you? You have a question? Ask it. You embarrassed? Change the thing. Say it's about someone else. Okay, I want something that's not what Hashem wants. So. Like what? Uh, uh. Make it up. Let's say I want to steal. Right. Why do you want to steal? Yeah. If you want, I want to steal. Right. Why do you want to steal? Because you want. It's obviously not the real thing, but let's say, let's say I want to steal. Let's say it's because um, it, it, it kind of like it's a thrill. Let's say. Okay, like, let me explain like, you to you something. Fine. Let me give you a basic idea of what life is, right? There okay. are in Hasidus, there are six mm-hmm. emotions, actually seven, right? Six emotions. What are the six emotions? The well, I'll write them out for you, right, in a basic way. All human beings want these things. Everyone wants it. All the things you said you want, which are not, right? What would you like? You know what you want? You want to feel um, love and security. Not not security. Love and care. Love and empathy. Right? Love and uh, warmth. Number one. Right? What else do you want? What? secure. Secure. Okay and safe what else do you want? satisfaction accomplishment accomplishment, hold on, I'm going to write this down in this order you want to feel like you accomplished something so you worked on it, accomplish and work right, like you worked hard on something right I'm running out of time so I'll do this very quickly but you also want to feel that you did things that are novel (laughs) Unique, exactly You want to feel important And altruistic secure. That's secure, right? Uh, this is an answer to your question Just quickly, just look at this, right? All the things that a person wants Are somewhere around there Right? You can have extra families and whatever And mouth is also those are the things you want. Everybody wants, when you say, I want to make money, when you say, I want to do whatever I want, that's what you want. Right? One of those things, there's a little extra to them, right? That's what you want. When you identify to a person what they want, there's the opposite of these feelings, the umaze, you discover, Torah have the power to give you what you want, and how do you do it? When you identify for the person what they're feeling, which is always going to be the opposite of one of these feelings, and you show them how they're feeling there, get into the trenches with them, show them how they get the opposite, they get what they want, what's the result? The result is a person who's in the light, happy, and then you're able to get what you want. We Which one?